when I'm wrong or when I don't know something, the fact that I can say, I don't know is so fucking freeing. I cannot tell you how freeing it is to not feel responsible to know something that I don't fucking know. My ability and my willingness to say I don't know something or to admit when I'm wrong means I'm willing to share who I really am with people. I'm willing to be vulnerable with people. And here's the thing. Most people in recovery have heard the saying, we're protected when we're connected, and that the opposite of addiction is connection. Well, we are wired for connection. And what that really means is we're wired to become vulnerable with other people. But that gets corrupted for those of us who have shame. Shame keeps me from being intimate with other people. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 179, Freedom from the Lie of Shame. You're not inherently flawed. Many of us in recovery use alcohol or drugs or whatever it is because of the feeling of shame. We don't want to feel that feeling. And the drugs or the alcohol or the food or the sex or whatever it is we're using temporarily takes away the feeling of shame. But then the thing about addiction is it fuels the shame. We feel ashamed about our drunken behavior and then we drink more and more to make the feelings of shame go away. And that is why it's so important to be able to deal with the underlying shame and figure out what the fuck is going on there. Because if we keep feeling ashamed, it's such a shitty feeling that we may very well relapse because we don't want to feel that feeling. I did an episode, I think it's number 17, I will link it in the show notes, towards the beginning of the podcast about shame. And if you haven't already listened to that, you might want to listen to that one first before this one, because I talk about how I managed to take away the power shame had over me. Briefly, the story in that episode is about how I experienced what I'll call a waterfall of shame when I called my creditors because I got laid off and my unemployment payments were less than half of my salary. And I was calling to make arrangements because I wasn't going to be able to pay all my debts at the full price. What I've realized since I recorded that episode is that the shame was about asking for help. I was asking these agencies to help me, and that's why I felt shame. Because when I grew up, you just didn't ask for help. That was considered weak. And in case you haven't heard the news, it's not weak to ask for help. And I have a whole episode about that as well. I'll put that in the show notes in case you haven't gotten the memo that asking for help is dope. It's fucking awesome, actually. I love help. 
Anyway, I didn't understand that back when I recorded the episode, and obviously I didn't understand it when it happened. There's an acronym that I learned in Recovery for Shame, and it's should have already mastered everything. Sometimes when I felt shame, it's because I felt like I should have already mastered everything. Other times, it was just for plain being. But the feeling of shame is still as if I should have already mastered everything because I haven't. So therefore, I should feel shame because I'm not enough. There's something inherently wrong with me because I haven't already mastered everything. Who cares if I was fucking five? Now, I had this feeling of shame that I now know was passed down to me from generations before that I should know things or I shouldn't be the way that I am. I want to relate an experience I had a couple of years into recovery that explains how I came to realize that this thing that was happening to me, this thing that I was feeling pretty damn regularly was shame. And learning that it was something that was separate from me, that I was not shame, and that it was a feeling that I was having. So here's the story. I was born with a birthmark on the top right side of my head. It's actually a collection of oil glands. And that means hair didn't grow in that spot or doesn't grow in that spot. My mom told me that every portrait of me as a baby was taken from the left so they wouldn't get the birthmark in the picture. And my entire life, every time I would go to get a haircut, I would get this creepy feeling like, oh my God, they're going to see this bald spot and then they're going to judge me. And maybe they're going to say something, which is the worst, but then maybe it's not the worst because when they say it, at least it's out there and it's over with. But the feeling that I had was so profound. It was so profound. It was like I had killed a village of children and they were going to find out. Except that I have never killed a village of children. I have a fucking bald spot on my head. And that is how profound the feeling was. Like I'd killed a village of children and someone was going to find out. Now, when I was a couple of years into recovery, I went, oh, oh, I just had a realization. Okay. All right. I'll tell you about the realization in a moment. Okay. So I go to get my hair cut a couple years into recovery and I come out of the salon and I was like, holy shit, that thing didn't happen. What the fuck? What is going on here? And I realized, oh my God, I didn't feel shame. I didn't feel ashamed at the salon getting my hair cut. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I didn't understand that that feeling I'd been having all those years every time I got my hair cut was shame. So this time I walked out of the salon and didn't have the feeling. And that is when I realized, oh, that was shame. And that was a feeling. It was separate from me. It's not me. It's not who I am. I guess I just thought, that was part of life. That's just how it was. And feeling shitty and awkward about things like I have a birthmark on my head and I should be ashamed of that are just part of life. And you just have to fucking deal with it. So here's the realization I had a moment ago. Most of my life, I've had long hair. And most of my adult life, I cut my own bangs and got the bottom part trimmed maybe like once a year or something like that. In my first couple of years of recovery, I was like, you know what? 
I am done with my hair and I got my hair cut short. Before that, I would always say, I just need my hair. I didn't understand why. I just knew I needed long hair. And I think I just realized why. Because when I had long hair and was cutting my bangs myself, I didn't have to go see someone else and feel shame. And what I've said since I've been wearing my hair short is I don't need hair the way I used to. And I never really understood that. I just needed it then and I don't need it now. I remember knowing that I look way better with short hair. Short hair is way more flattering me than longer hair and it's way easier to maintain, but I didn't care because I quote needed long hair. And I just now realized I needed long hair so I wouldn't have to go get my hair cut on a regular basis, so I wouldn't have to feel that absolute fucking flood of shame that I felt every time I got my hair cut. Now, there's another story I want to share about shame, and what I'm about to share might be a little too much information for some people, so if you don't want to hear about something that's sexually explicit, then you should probably turn this off right now. Here goes. The first time I had sex with my sweetheart was the first time I had sex since I got into recovery. And I had an experience that showed me, oh my God, that was shame. I was sucking his dick and I got a pubic hair in my mouth. And I realized that every time that happened in the past, I felt super ashamed. And it wasn't from having his dick in my mouth, whoever that guy was. It was from getting his pubic hair in my mouth. And I'd try everything I could to discreetly get the pubic hair out of my mouth without the guy noticing what I was doing. But when I was with my sweetheart, I just stopped what I was doing, got it out and went back to business. No shame at all. And I'm still not exactly sure what the shame was about. As I think about it, it's clear to me I didn't want the guy to know I was trying to get the hair out of my mouth. And the shame was about not letting him find out I was doing that. But again, I'm still not clear why. I'm just clear that I used to feel shame about that and I don't anymore. And it just goes to show that this shit permeates so many areas of our lives. And the ability to no longer feel that is just priceless. There's no way you could put a value on that. And that is one of the many freedoms I've gotten from being in recovery. And just one kind of freedom, the freedom from shame. There are so many other kinds of freedoms that I've gotten from 12-step recovery and from learning to set healthy boundaries in my life. So I just want you to know that you are not alone if you're feeling tons of shame. And that can end. Just keep coming back. Keep doing the work. Keep taking really good care of yourself and learning how to change your behavior. It is so worth it. Now, there were plenty of other instances in my life where I felt super shamed for things that normal people wouldn't feel shamed for. Or maybe there were things that normal people would feel shamed for, but they didn't feel this overpowering shame that I felt that was way out of proportion to the situation because they didn't grow up in a family of dysfunction where shame was passed down through the generations. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say it was passed down through the generations, be sure to listen to episode 17 where I talk about that. Again, it's linked in the show notes. And the way I think of it is this. My parents got shamed when they were growing up and they didn't want that shit. So they fucking poured it down into me. Well, they got that shit from their parents who also didn't want it. 
so they poured it down to them, and so on and so on back through the past generations. The thing is, I shouldn't have already mastered everything. I was a child. One of the blessings of recovery is my willingness to end that, to end the passing on of dysfunctional patterns. When I'm wrong or when I don't know something, the fact that I can say, I don't know, is so fucking freeing. I cannot tell you how freeing it is to not feel responsible to know something that I don't fucking know. My ability and my willingness to say I don't know something or to admit when I'm wrong means I'm willing to share who I really am with people. I'm willing to be vulnerable with people. And here's the thing. Most people in recovery have heard the saying, we're protected when we're connected, and that the opposite of addiction is connection. Well, we are wired for connection. And what that really means is we're wired to become vulnerable with other people. But that gets corrupted for those of us who have shame. Shame keeps me from being intimate with other people because I don't want to feel that fucking flood of chemicals in my body that tells me I should have already mastered everything or that tells me I'm inherently flawed. Here's the thing, people. You are Flossom. You're both flawed and awesome. And if you don't know what that means, I have a whole other episode about what it means to be flossom. It's episode 83. I will also link that in the show notes. Just because you're flawed doesn't mean you're not awesome. And just because you're awesome doesn't mean you're not flawed. You are both because you're human. And part of the beauty of our humanness is we get to share those flaws with other people. Part of my problem before recovery was I didn't know who were the right people to share that with. I didn't know who those right people were. And the right people are people who say things like, yeah, me too, me too. They're not the people who tease and ridicule. Those are not the right people. But I didn't know there were people who weren't like that, or at least I didn't know that wasn't normal because that was my experience in my family. We used sarcasm and teasing to deal with each other because we were basically on what I call an anti-intimacy campaign in my family. There was going to be none of that fucking vulnerability shit in my family because it would be exploited. I've learned through the process of recovery that it's okay to share my flaws and how to discern who to share my flaws with so that I don't get shamed, I don't get exploited, I don't get teased and made fun of. Instead of being pushed out and told I'm not part of the group, I get pulled in and told, yeah, me too. Once I got to the point where I was able to discern who were the safe people to be vulnerable with and got a sense of connectedness to other people, I got a lot more sure of myself and a lot more comfortable with saying, I don't know, or you're right, I was wrong, I'm sorry about that. And now I can say those things even if I've never met those people before. I don't have to worry about discerning whether this is someone that's safe to be vulnerable with because I am so sure of myself. I don't need the approval of other people to know that I'm okay just as I am even if I've never met them before. 
And maybe they are going to ridicule me, but if they do, that's on them. I don't need their approval because I have my own approval. I am not shame. I am a beloved child of God, and so are you. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.